So our podcast is called Right and Wrong. So are these your notes? These... <laughs> are these your notes about what we're going to say? Uh, anything. Nailed it. It's a short answer. <laughs> so how many novels did you not finish? Oh my prior? God, so many. <laughs> what are you talking about? This is nonsense. Ooh, a spicy question. I love it. <laughs> this is it, guys. The big secret to getting published is you have to write a good book. <laughs> you it here first. We're going <laughs> to... Hello and welcome back to the Right and Wrong podcast. Uh, today I am joined by two guests. First of all is Peter's Fraser and Dumlock's own Lucy Irvine and dystopian YA writer Melissa Welliver. Welcome guys, welcome to the show. Thank Hello. you. Um, Melissa's already been on, so I would like to dive in with you Lucy, um, agent uh, as of Am I right in thinking that you you were officially on paper a fully fledged agent in 2021? Yeah, yeah. So I think I think it was like July or something like that. 2021. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I've been at PFD since 2017, so it's been like it's been a journey. You, it, it seems like an incredible trajectory that you've had because you graduated and then did you go straight into an internship at Agora, which is PFD's publishing arm? I did, yeah. I base I think with publishing and getting jobs, it's it's just all about luck and timing. So yeah. I just really luckily managed to to get into this internship and then kind of dug my claws into PFD and refused <laughs> to leave until a job happened to come up um, oh, as an okay. assistant. Um, and then I think you know once 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 you've gotten an assistant job, it it does just become a lot easier. I think it's just like getting that foot through the door, which is so hard. Uh, were you when you say assistant was it like uh assistant to an agent or was it like uh yeah yeah assistant? so it was um yeah. it was an assistant to um carol michelle who is the ceo um right. here at, at pfd um so to be honest it was more of a pa role than it was a mm. standard agent's assistant role um but it's still you know it was it was an amazing job and taught me so much about the industry so i think it did um it did sort of put me in good stead then when a role as an associate agent came up, um, which I then applied to. And that's how I ended up working in children's fiction. Yeah. Well, I mean, you must have got amazing experience with the working with the CEO. So you became an agent in 2021, but you started building your list before that. How does it work that you start building a list whilst before you're an agent? So um, basically, you, you just keep doing all of your assistant responsibilities <laughs> okay. and then um, also start taking on clients. Um, and yeah, I think it was want to say like August 2019 when I took on my first client and, and Melissa was Melissa was the third client that I ever took on so we, oh, we've been uh, we've been together from the beginning yeah. um yeah and it's just I'm um, starting to send books out starting to meet editors and kind of um I guess make a make a name for yourself and and then lockdown happens six months in so I've now I've barely met any of my authors um oh. and I've I've done a lot more deals sort of since the pandemic started like via zoom than yeah. than beforehand so that's yeah. i mean that's been the same for quite a lot of agents though I mean, yeah i mean yeah. obviously you've spoken to them but in terms of meeting them in person you know mm -hmm. whilst you were an agent well no wait before you were an agent whilst you were an assistant mm -hmm. and you started building your list do you take submissions at that point or how are you finding your initial clients yeah yeah so um i um sort of opened my my inbox to submissions and really from immediately did start getting submissions um so I'm always looking in our submissions inbox um for new clients um and then 
I mean, aside from that, I do a I do a lot of one to one sessions with various with Right Mentor, who who Melissa also works for, um, yeah. and you know various other children's writing groups. There are so many um, great groups available in the sort of children's side of the of the industry. I think that's just a really great way to to meet people because you get to kind of talk to them one on one before their books are ready for submission, um, and you can kind of get that input from from early on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, that makes sense. So Melissa, how did how did you end up finding Lucy? I thought you were going to say, how did I end up with Lucy then? And I was like, I <laughs> how chose did you end Lucy. Up? <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay, I see how it is. That's really weird that was going. Um, so I've also been at PFD since 2017 as an author. Yeah, mm. that's right, 2017. Um, and I joined it, yeah. with a lovely agent called Tessa David, who was working in the children's department at the time. She's not there anymore. Um, and we went out on submission. I've talked about how I got to that position in the previous podcast, but um, we <laughs> went out on submission. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Little plug, little <laughs> plug. <laughs> uh, and we went out on submission and um, I didn't sell my first book. And I went through to do the second book, which was something I'd actually written a while ago, which ended up being The Undying Tower. And uh, me and Tessa basically realized she'd been sort of agenting for a little while by then. I think she'd also been promoted to full agent. Um, and she started to move towards maybe some historical, maybe some more middle grade. And I was writing YA. So we both agreed that it might be better if I found somebody else because it was quite a dark YA. Anyone's read it? Um, <laughs> it's quite dark. Uh, <laughs> so she actually um, suggested Lucy and said, I think it was before even Lucy had her web page up. Because I remember when she said, oh, here's like somebody I think would be a really good fit. It's Lucy Irvine. I went and looked and couldn't find her. And I was like, you Googled oh me and you were like, yeah. this person doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't, also did not exist really on Google. So fair <laughs> enough. But what was really funny was when I did type in um, her name and something else, um, it came up with a load of my files on my computer. And Lucy had actually sort of been like a second reader for the first book that went out on submission. In like 2017, 2018? Yeah, that, I when I was notes. an intern. Yeah, yeah. I, re I remember that so clearly as well. It was one of the first kind of full manuscripts I ever read as an intern. Yeah. That's so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so then here we are. So yeah, we basically got introduced to each other. Um, and then because I was already at the agency, there wasn't like a thing of signing or anything like that. I really want to stay at PFD. And uh, yeah, and Lucy really liked my stuff and we kind of worked together before and it felt like fate. So yeah, mm. that's how it went. You, you sounds like you'd work together from afar without knowing. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah it was really weird. <laughs> it's fate. It's just like a YA novel. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. But that's, it's a really nice, it's a really nice story. And it's nice that you guys finally uh, were united and I guess your arc was complete. I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. It's like the best sort of like romance arc of all time. Romance <laughs> mean, being more like about writing, which is much more exciting than romance anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So here's my question. You, 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 it must've been in 2019 when Lucy wasn't technically an agent on paper. Right. But from your end, mm -hmm. Melissa, was there any distinction at all in terms of like difference in once, uh, Lucy was officially an agent versus when she was building a list? 
Oh, that's a really good question. I don't think so. I did notice. Um, so I've been working for Right Mentor now since 2021. Mm. And from about just before that time and from that time, more people were messaging me on Twitter or sending me emails via my contact form, which is fine because I leave those both open. And I always encourage people to contact me because I don't want to do any work and I'm always procrastinating. <laughs> and um, lots of people asking me about Lucy and saying like, oh, I've got one-to-one with Lucy Irvine <laughs> and I know she's your agent. And I just wanted to see like, is she, she a good agent? Agent, like, what like she like? Yeah. What she like? Yeah. <laughs> Is she uh, good at her job? <laughs> <laughs> Do you like her? Um, yeah. And I started to notice that a lot more, and I thought, oh, okay. And then I saw the announcement. Um, because, you know, they put it in the usual places, don't they? I'm sure it was on the website or maybe it was even in the bookseller or something. But I saw the announcement and I was like, oh, not even surprised. Like, and I just started to, it's so difficult, isn't it, Lucy? Because obviously you get lots of these deals that you were like securing, just like authors aren't allowed to talk about them. Right. You're not allowed to talk about them. Yeah. So uh, yeah. it all seemed like it was happening at once. But really, obviously you were sowing all these seeds behind the scenes that I didn't see either because obviously that's with your other clients. So it's not like Lucy just comes to me and goes, right, let's talk about all the other clients. Like, <laughs> I have no idea what's going on there so it didn't feel different from my perspective because we'd been talking for a long time at that point like so if I signed with Lucy in 2019 and we sold book end of 2020 so it was quite a long time I'd been with her anyway when sort of this all started to kick off and it was quite interesting and I saw Lucy was like judging competitions and I was like my gosh look Um... at my famous agent look at her go (laughs) (laughs) it was great it's amazing like I'm your child here who's like flying the nest and you're I like, oh, I've been I here know. since the start. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Whereas really it's definitely the other way around. I am the child. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And Lucy has launched me off like very well. Um, but yes, it's ever since it's been really nice relationship and it's been it really has. good. So. Okay. And, and for you, Lucy, mm-hmm. it, I mean, from going from kind of having working two jobs within the agency was it a big difference when in 2021 it was official stamped you're an agent now and that is what you are see it it probably would be more except I'm currently um covering a colleague's maternity <laughs> so I, I technically no still skin. have two jobs um so I'm very much hoping that when she comes back um I will finally just be able to sort of um, do, do my own thing have my own job but no um yeah it's um I think PFDM, they're such a supportive company and they're really, really encouraging of um, of young agents who want to kind of go out and, and start establishing themselves and building their own lists. Um, so it has been really nice to kind of um, like move through that space um, mm. and sort of just feel like you have a bit more autonomy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing that your whole career can be with this one company and it's quite rare nowadays in a lot of sort of corporate environments where a company will literally nurture you from an intern all the way through to, you know, wherever your career is going. Yeah. So it's nice that they have that support. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's not just me. Um, they, they've kind of done that. They've launched so many um, agents career here. And I think they are really good. I think like half of us started on the internship program and then kind of went on to become assistants and agents. Um, Amazing. So, and yeah. there's still presumably, no, there's probably fresh interns now. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Path. Yeah. That's great. Work-wise, between you two, now I've not only have I never had two guests before on the show, I've never had an author and their client, sorry, and their agent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so work-wise, how does the relationship work? Are you guys in touch daily, weekly, monthly? Is this the first time you've spoken since Tell <laughs> came out? <laughs> I feel like there definitely was a time when we were in touch, if not daily, then like <laughs> multiple times a week. For uh-huh. sure. Um, but I think that definitely um, 
really depends on what is going on in terms of like around that time when we were first going on submission um we were definitely in touch a lot more um and i think you know now it really is depending on what is going on for melissa in terms of what um what projects you're working on at the moment what other conversations we're having behind the scenes which maybe we can't talk about live yet um (laughs) and just yeah like what's going on for melissa basically i'm sort of on call to to help as and when i need to be yeah and i remember when we stopped like not stopped speaking every day but we were in super <laughs> we close contact and no, no, stopped speaking <laughs> at all it's a very it's actually going to turn this whole interview on its head <laughs> it's going to come out but when we were talking every day it was so nice um when i was on submission and obviously um being a bit needy and clingy i'm sure no other authors ever said that before <laughs> and you know you need that extra support and chatting about the rejections coming in and maybe it might be going through to this um commissioning team or whatever it may be and getting updates and then obviously the book comes out and uh, yeah it just just feel like oh oh my gosh we've not spoken I think yeah. I sent Lucy an email at one point and I was like oh, we've not spoken in like two weeks I loved She's it like, I when you started watching Black Sails and then you just started emailing me updates with like where you were in the TV show and I was yeah. like yes I'm glad we've like elevated yes. just to like chatting <laughs> Yes, it was so nice because it was such a difference from my usual incredibly nervous emails. <laughs> so it was really nice to be talking about something else and kind of take my mind off that, but still be in touch mm-hmm. with you. So yeah, it was really crazy when we stopped talking so mm. much and it felt like, oh no, we're not talking as much, but obviously like still BFFs. So still here, <laughs> okay. really excited for what's coming next. So it's all good. Um, yeah, I probably, Lucy's right. It depends. So lots of things seem to switch over to your publisher. Yeah, yeah. So I end up talking to my publisher and then every now and then saying to Lucy, like, oh, do you want me to copy you in on this? And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah. If you have like X or Y or like if there's a particular deadline mm-hmm. or you're sending back notes like, oh, I wouldn't mind being copied in just to let, sort of know roughly where you're up to. Um, so, yeah, I think a lot of stuff gets switched over to the publisher. And obviously, if you have a really good relationship with your publisher, it's lovely as well. And you can chat to them. Yeah. So I think that's part of the difference. Mm-hmm. But mostly I still I think I, I spoke to Lucy recently before this anyway. So I should never leave her alone. <laughs> okay, okay. Like, oh, Melissa again. <laughs> Do you ever have to nag Melissa for like deadlines and things? No, not at all. <laughs> Honestly, like the opposite. I remember. Do you remember when we were um, when we first started working together? I can remember at one point being like, here's your draft. I want you to go away for a month. And I don't yeah, want to I see do. it again for another month when you think it's ready to come back or you like sit on it and, and give it another read because you're so quick. It's amazing. Yes, I am. But yeah, no, it's definitely the opposite. I get way too keen when I get feedback oh. and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I have to dive straight into the story right now. And then, yeah, I send it, but I, I have to force myself to sit on things before sending them back because I, I just will stay up all night and be really excited mm-hmm. about the story especially what's really nice about mine and lucy's relationship is it's quite editorial so mm-hmm. i feel like sometimes i suggest something lucy says oh i'm not sure this scene works what about this and then we come to a third option yeah. together which mm-hmm. is better than either option um so i get really excited and fired up when i get the notes <laughs> and oh, okay. then usually yeah i'm way too quick yeah i know it's probably not what it's a bit sounds a bit nerdy really but yeah no I, i'm always way too quick so i, I don't think you have to yeah, i feel like we're, we're all nerds here that's why we're here to talk about books and nerdy stuff and pirates <laughs> yeah, and black sales. that's true yeah well i was going to ask how often like, do you guys often come together and work on edits and, and drafts i think particularly for when it comes to the undying trilogy now uh-huh. because um obviously we have agora sam, um sam is um melissa's brilliant publisher um mm-hmm. so i feel like it's more of a collaborative experience now with with sam being involved um and Peyton, who was 
Melissa's old editor, who sadly um, no longer works at Agora. I feel like the four of us had a brainstorm last time, wasn't it? Rather than it just being me and yes. you. Yes, which was really nice. And so mm. that's a little bit different. So, and when we go through before submission, I mean, it depends. Like there was one project I sent out on submission that I only did, I think, two or three edits with Lucy yeah, and we turned yeah. it around quite quickly. Whereas The Undying Tower, oh gosh, there was so much to pull apart and change. And we did quite a few passes on that. It's quite um, complicated in terms of number of yeah. characters and plot. And, yeah, that's you know. so true. Yeah. Whereas <laughs> the other one that I did for Lucy, I think was like t- really two main characters and okay. it was very, very different type of book. And um, also so just, maybe that's why. It was so strong from the start, that other project. Like, I'm not uh, saying that The Undying Tower wasn't, of course. The Undying Tower like is amazing could, now. <laughs> you, you could really see, like, how you had grown as a writer in between that project and, and this other project. Oh, that's so nice. Because I suppose, as a writer, I always think this. Like, I flipping well hope so. I, don't, <laughs> I hope, like, I improve as I go. I don't want my first book to be the best. It's all downhill from here, guys. <laughs> Everything's useless. So I would hope it seems like a big improvement. Um, so, yeah, maybe that was why. We didn't need to do as many passes, but we do as many as we need to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you you have to, and I think naturally it's very hard for your unless your first book is pure concept and it's the greatest concept. Mm. It's very hard for your sequential books to be worse because I just feel like you get better as a writer the more you write. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, so mm-hmm. even if the con- if the concept is equal, the book will be better. Does that make sense? Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Here's a question I always <laughs> ask agents, because um, <laughs> it's interesting to see how much it varies. Um, Lucy, when you receive a submission, and you are mm-hmm. open to submissions currently. I am, yeah. You are. Okay, as of February 2022, open to submissions. Uh, and submissions at PFT are uh, pretty standard, three chapters, synopsis, cover yeah, letter. Yeah, Different for nonfic, but you don't rep nonfiction? Um. Not, not, not generally. I have like a couple of very niche, like passion projects. Okay, um, okay. But, but yeah, generally it's all, it's all fiction. Okay. Okay. So when you receive a submission, what order do you look at each of the parts and where do you attribute the most weight? Oh, that's interesting. Um, so obviously start with the cover letter as I imagine most people do. Um, not everyone. Really? Well, oh, that's intriguing. A couple, a couple I've spoken to is a gloss over the cover letter, straight into the text. No, it's normally, it is like the cover letter for me, um, mm. which will kind of dictate whether I like stop and read it immediately or whether I file it into my submissions folder to then come back when I like have time to read submissions. Okay. Um, yeah. Whereas sometimes something will come in and I will just start reading immediately because something's grabbed me from the cover letter. Um, okay. And yeah, I don't, I don't tend to read synopses before I request the full manuscript. I imagine that might be where we see a bit of variance because, especially if say it's I love a YA mystery, I mm-hmm. like I rep a, a good few mysteries, um, and I think so much of that hinges on the plot twists working that I don't want to know what those plot twists are before I've read the book. So quite frequently, I will read the sample chapter and then just go straight to requesting the full without oh, knowing really? what's coming. Yeah. Wow. That's so interesting. No, I've not had anyone say that before. No, I haven't either. <laughs> <laughs> Although, th- th- you know, there are agencies and, and agents that just don't ask for synopsis at all. Um, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. 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 But yeah, no, I think I've, I've there are there like there are cases where I have read the synopsis more when I've been sort of on the fence as to whether the concept is working. So you want right. to have a little read to see like how it's followed through. 
But I think if I am just really gripped by the sample, then I'd rather just stay gripped without kind of knowing what's coming. Yeah. Wow. It's quite a commitment if then the twist sucks. Yeah, that is true. That is true. (laughs) And they woke up. (laughs) And then it was all a dream. (laughs) I was thinking the other day about the, 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 and they, you know, when the classic trope of, and they woke up is that you can never end a story like that. I was thinking, is the modern interpretation of that and then they took the VR headset off. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes, like super black mirror. <laughs> I don't know why, I was just thinking Circa about it. Circa 2006, like, oh, yeah. Super lame trope <laughs> that you could do. And then they took the headset off. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's cover letter, and then the cover letter sort of dictates whether it's a, I must read this now or file away for later. But yep. you, you always try to, to read the text no matter what. Yes. Yeah. Although I, I will admit I'm quite behind at the moment. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, the aim obviously is always to to get back to, to everybody. Um, mm-hmm. I think on our website, it says that we aim to respond between six to eight weeks. Um, yeah, I eight but I would say like awesome. being honest, it's probably more like three months that I end up getting back to people. Um, mm-hmm. But that that is just because I'm probably not as good at managing my time as I should be. Um, but yeah, I think we across the board at PFD, we do try to, to respond to everybody. Mm. And did you, uh, I know that it was a bit different with you two because Melissa was already with mm-hmm. uh, the agency and, and it was more of a change than anything. But did you ever read Melissa's submission? As in, um, wait, which submission? As in when she submitted to the agency originally. Oh, Ooh, so I think that probably... Did you submit directly to to test? Um, I have a weird story about this. Oh, okay. I don't know this story. <laughs> I'm never sure if it's true. This is the story that's okay. So, um, time to drop a name. But I I have a very lovely friend called Jeanette oh. Winston who um, <laughs> you may have she, heard of. <laughs> yeah. um, and she is with PFD and was very happy with PFD. And I was asking her for advice. So she was a teacher on a course I did. And I was asking her for advice on who to apply to. And she said, oh, well, why don't I read your book, like the beginning, the sort of opening chapters, and then we can have a think where to place it. And she told me that she, <laughs> this is probably not true now, she went into um, PFD to print off um, uh, the, at least the first bit of the few chapters I'd done of my first project and um, it was a really long print queue so she was like oh I'll just come back later because <laughs> I, I don't know apparently Jeanette walks into offices and uses their printer but that's saying, like, you know like... she can do that she can do that she's Jeanette of course she can yeah I feel uh, like who who are these people in front of her in the queue that didn't just immediately like leap out of the way <laughs> <laughs> I know I know so I know she definitely said she wants to print it because she's like I don't read on a screen and the story is that Tess was went to the printer to get something and saw the page and started reading it and thought well this is quite good you and know what if that is true then that is so a lovely cool. story yeah. <laughs> I, know. I know I'm always like this surely can't be true but this is the story I was told because the next thing was she actually sent me an email and said actually you know what uh the pages have been passed around PFD and uh, maybe we'll just go with PFD <laughs> and I was like what do you mean my pages have been passed around I didn't I didn't check them for spelling errors um that <laughs> was my immediate panic thought. but uh yeah so apparently that's sort of how it happened although I was already querying so I'd mm-hmm. had I'd had like, you know, the usual 30, 40 rejections and I'd already queried actually the Undying Tower in a very, very early stage, like the year before. 
Um, and I think I'd also put, so that one was called the Curiosity Locker. Yes. That maybe one day. Maybe. We'll, come back. <laughs> we'll see. Um, but it does need a big rewrite. I can see that now. And um, I did put it on, remember Twitter pitches used to be not as overloaded as they are now. And I got a like from a couple of other agencies. Um, so I had sent the um, package to them. So I do have a letter and stuff for it, but I didn't actually send one to PFD because it was very strange, <laughs> a strange way in. So I don't think I actually sent one. That's the trick. You just need to print out your thing and somehow <laughs> sneak it into like on top of a printer and in one yeah, of the agencies yeah. Yeah. just blows up. I so mean, extreme. yeah, I will say that it is very in character for all of us. Like if we saw like random pages by a printer, we would probably all just like immediately start reading. I must read so. this. <laughs> Yeah, so maybe it's true. Let's say it's true. Yeah. It's a nice story. <laughs> it's a great story. It sounds like something yeah. from a rom-com, like a, like a movie you'd watch. It does. Yeah, that yeah, sounds like one of those like movie representations of what publishing is oh, like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then the next week I'd have like a seven-figure deal and I'd be annoyed that I have to go to the filming of the TV series. And yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Which is exactly what it's like, everyone. <laughs> yeah, 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 100%. Do you, do you remember the submission, Melissa? Was it, was it a very different iteration of what eventually became the book the one that i submitted to tess originally yeah uh, yeah that was really heavy editorial i think we edited it for a year but it was my first ever book i was in my mid-20s and i just i for being totally honest didn't really know what i was doing i think the idea was really solid it was a time slip novel and it had a really great pitch but mm -hmm. i think it was um i think everyone says this it was more of like a practice book like i learned so yeah, much from that yeah, book and yeah, i ended yeah. up lifting whole characters and stuff for other books so it definitely needs a, a really big rewrite but it was a really fun idea um about um portals opening to different parts in time um and that you can go in for a certain amount of time and then you get kicked out again um sure. so yeah it yeah. was a really it was a really fun idea but i wrote it as ya and i think it's more of a middle grade mm -hmm. story mm -hmm. um and yeah in middle grade yeah, absolutely. And it, that was basically the feedback I got when I was on submission. Um, some people were kind enough to give me some feedback and it was, this is more of a middle grade story. Um, so it was, it did change drastically from when I first submitted it. I think it was 50,000 words. And it went up to 120 at one point and went back down to 90. It was insane. Yeah, it was absolutely insane. Lucy's like, thank goodness I wasn't there. Uh, it was pretty crazy. At point. No, yeah, the, the version that I read as an intern. <laughs> definitely wasn't 120,000. No, no. It, oh my gosh. It was absolutely barby to be honest. Um, but it was the second, kind of the second one I'd written, but the first one I'd actually tried to like hit plot points and stuff. So it definitely was like a practice novel because the first one I wrote was a very early version of The Undying mm -hmm. Tower. Um, so yeah, I, d I definitely, no, I, I think it's a, it was a completely different book by the time it went out on submission. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't even The Undying Tower. It was a different thing, right? No, it was so, a completely yeah, different yeah. thing that ended up not selling, which I think is a more common story than, I don't know if people have said when they've come on here, but I think that's a really common story people don't talk about. Yeah. It's like, oh, I've got an agent. This is an automatic golden ticket <laughs> to my six-figure deal. Like, uh, I can't wait. No, no, no. And that's just, yeah, not always how it works out for um, just look a lot of the time, especially yeah. if you've managed to get an agent. So you've obviously got something, you've got some talent, and it's really, really difficult. But yeah, that one didn't sell. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you'll agree with me on this one, Lucy, but I, I've, I know a few authors who, in similar situation to Melissa, where mm -hmm. they've been signed by an agent uh, for the first book, which then doesn't sell, and then, but quite a lot of the time, the second book is the one that where they work together with the agent, and that's the one that that does sell. Mm. Is it more important when you're looking to sign someone that the kind of style and the writing and the voice is kind of the paramount thing? Well, yeah, I suppose when you're when you're looking to sign someone as a client, I think the important thing to remember is that you're not signing 
just that one book you are yeah. signing the the author like as yeah. a person with the full intention that you're going to be working together sort of for your career um so i think it is always really important to sort of ask what what other ideas um writers have what else they're working on sort of where they where they see themselves sitting you know like are you a middle grade writer who who really wants to stick in middle grade or are you someone that also has ambitions to to write across YA or you know sometimes um, I've got some picture book authors who also um, write chapter books um, so I think establishing all of that is is really important because especially to be honest in um in the post-pandemic um world it, it is it is really tricky out there so there's never mm. a guarantee that your agent is going to be able to sell your book first time yeah. um so yeah I think having having that fuller picture is really important yeah what how do you feel about is it hard to pitch um, an author that potentially writes across different genres and, and age groups? Let's say if Melissa decided to write picture books, because that's sort of off-brand for her, would it be harder to pitch that? Well, I think, well, picture books, I think, is, is a completely different craft, really, right. to, okay. um, to sort of YA and middle grade. So I, I think, think you know, that would it. be very impressive, <laughs> Melissa, if you, if, I know, if you yeah, come back. I have something to uh, propose to you, Lucy. <laughs> I don't think it's going well. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think in um in that case it would be firstly like whether the whether the, his current publisher actually did picture books um mm. or not. Um and then yeah, it would be talking about whether that was something that we sort of wanted to to try and take widely elsewhere and you know, those conversations that would have to happen um with a current publisher. Um so yeah, it's like, you know, tricky to navigate, but it's definitely something that lots of authors do, writing across yeah. multiple age groups. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. And um Open to submissions, you go from MG, you, MG and YA, you don't do adult and you don't do younger. Is that right? Um, well, no, so I technically, technically, um, I do picture books through to YA and oh. then technically I'm open to submissions for um, science fiction and fantasy in the adult space. Um, oh, although sure. I will okay. be honest, I, I, I rarely take on um, people in the adult space um, just because I'm, uh-huh. I'm not as familiar with adult editors um right. so i don't feel like i have as much of a sort of grasp of how the market works so i think it would only be if i really really fell in love with something um right that that yeah that i would take on an adult book okay we're at the start of 2022 now is there anything particular maybe like a character or a voice or a genre that you are looking to add to your list this year Oh, that is a very good question, which I probably should have thought about before I <laughs> before I came on this, this podcast. Um, to be honest, um, I, I'm I am really open to to anything, and actually, weirdly, I'm I would say I'm generally more of a YA person. But looking at the projects I've got coming up for Bologna, they are mostly middle grade. Um, mm-hmm. So I am particularly keen to find another YA project at the moment. Um, I think my heart is always very much in the sort of genre fiction um, fantasy sphere. So I'm always looking for kind of a, a different spin on, on more traditional um, fantasy tropes. Um, yeah. But then, you know, just love a good mystery, love a good, love a good contemporary novel, love historical fiction. So I am I'm quite easy, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. So quite, quite broad, but quite something, broad. something yeah. a bit weird, a bit fantastical. <laughs> exactly. Amazing. Okay, cool. Well, that's helpful for everyone who's thinking about submitting to you, hopefully. And if you are thinking about submitting, make sure you go to the uh, uh, PFD website, check all of the submission guidelines, make sure you're ticking all the boxes. You don't want to fall at the first hurdle. Um, before we get on to the last question, Melissa, 
you're yeah. hard at work with the latest drafts <laughs> of hashtag the undying city hashtag watch the space <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what advice have you been given that you found most useful for your writing oh that's a really good question um thanks so much Anna. <laughs> it's like you're a professional um i think probably when especially when the book comes out so the thing is, you spend so many years writing a book and you're so desperate to sell it so loads of people read it. And then it comes out and your worst nightmare is somebody reading it. So I, I can't think of anything worse than anybody reading this book. It's, it, I feel so embarrassed. Like suddenly It's bizarre. It's like you've opened your soul and you're like, yeah, my soul's in this book. And then you're handing your soul out to people. Yeah. You're like, oh my gosh, I don't want anyone to tell me anything. Um, so the best piece of advice I would say is trying, and it's very difficult, especially when you're writing a sequel like I am, to shut the windows of your house so if you're in your house writing and there's people outside the windows they're giving you feedback on what you've already written <laughs> the best advice is just like shut the curtains like <laughs> just don't it's it's not a good idea don't go on goodreads like don't go on although i've actually been super lucky on goodreads like uh, clearly like all my fans are really really nice i don't know how this has happened <laughs> i obviously i just attract very nice fans it's like amazing so far but i try not to look too much or you know don't look at that two star that somebody left after reading it on kindle and didn't even tell you why it was a two star. Just don't look at it. Just don't do it. Um, that's the best advice because just write what you want to write and how you see it coming out and then don't worry about it. Once you hand it over to the publisher, it's kind of out of your hands and becomes mm -hmm. becomes everyone else's thing as well. And that actually can be a really nice thing. It doesn't have to just be as scary as it is the first time a book comes out. You're like, oh my gosh, there's nothing more scary than everyone reading my thing. But actually it's quite nice. You're handing out to people and people are now asking me questions about The Undying Tower and it's nice doing interviews once it's out because people want to join into that world and get in it with you. So yeah, yeah. definitely shut the metaphorical curtains on anybody <laughs> trying to give, yeah. even if they're yeah. trying to give really nice, well-meaning advice, it can sometimes be, oh, I really think you should make these characters get together. It's like, <laughs> oh, <Ooh>. okay. <laughs> now I have to kill them, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Whoopsies. Why have you done this? <laughs> <laughs> so shut out the noise. That's great advice. Yeah, uh, That's I lovely think. advice. I love that. Yeah. No matter if you're writing a sequel or the first, you know, book, shut out the noise. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, know where the good critique is coming from. Find your yeah. tribe. But um, remember that you can, uh, the, the thing about critique, and we, I always talk about this with my friends who are writers, is that you, it's all about knowing that even if someone gives you good critique, it's still up to you whether you take that or not. Everything's yeah. just opinions. You're You're the master of the book. Yeah, it's your story at the yeah. end of the day. And it exactly. can be really difficult to remember that sometimes. Yeah. I always think that with with our relationship as well, Melissa, and like with, with yes. all my authors, is that like all we are doing is imparting advice. And it is always up to you at the end of the day whether or not you take it on board because it is your world and it's it's your creation. Yeah, absolutely. And you just hope that the best agent relationship is the one where hopefully you're on the same page about yeah. most things anyway. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you can definitely not only trust the critique, mm -hmm. but it's actually very rare that I would disagree with something Lucy said. As I say, even if I find a third way to do it, that yeah. isn't saying yeah. your suggestion. So that's what you would hope anyway, is that you're on the same page sort of artistically. Your your yeah. visions are aligned, even if yes. occasionally the, there's the small thing where I said, maybe consider doing this. And this is like, no, actually, that's really important to me. And it's like, okay, cool. Well, we'll find another way yeah. to, to make it work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're in on it together. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. I love that. And the same with editors. <laughs> they, editors know what they're doing. So. They yeah, do. absolutely. Have a listen to them. Hopefully they <laughs> don't force you to do something you don't want to do. But uh, that brings us to the final question, which Melissa has already answered. 
um, in a somewhat esoteric and amusing I, way. I do feel that you should repeat your answer, though, for people who didn't watch it first tell, time tell around. Us, Melissa, what book <laughs> yeah. did you take to the desert island with you? Well, as people know who read my stuff, I am a survivalist. Okay, and if I'm on a desert island. I'm not picking up a build a raft for dummies because a that's lame, and b I wouldn't understand any of the engineering. So I took the Argos catalog so that I could have I could rip it up for firewood kindling. I have like something that I can look at and remember the good times of civilization, you know. And it just reminds me of back home and I see little people and I can give them little names and stuff and completely go into my own world. It'll be great. I could put a whole book using the Argos catalog. So I said the Argos catalog. The Argos catalog. Yeah. Which does it even exist anymore? No, sadly it's it does not. So I'd have to now, bring right? a really old one. Yeah. That would be so sad. Yeah. Yeah, it's all digital nowadays. It is, yeah. Maybe I could take an iPad then and then just call someone. No, it's not it, would, <laughs> it would die in like a day. And then it's what would you do? <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Lucy, yeah. if you were stranded on a desert island by yourself mm-hmm. with a single book, which book would you take with you? See, this is really funny because um we ask are potential interns this in interviews and I am interviewing <laughs> interns um this week so just today I have been I've been asking people this question so I've been I've been thinking a lot about like how I would answer it and whether mm. you'd go with like your your favorite book or whether you go with sort of a, a really long book that you've you've always wanted to read and you think okay well now I'm stranded on a, on a desert island like now is the time but I think if if I'm being fully honest with myself um and this is embarrassing Um, But what I would want if I was stuck on a desert island would just be like a comfort read. And it would just be a a book that I know completely inside out. Um, I I know what's going to happen. I'm just using it as a coping mechanism. And if I'm being really honest with myself, that would probably be a piece of fan fiction. So what I would take to a desert island would probably just be like a bound copy of of my favorite fan fiction. (sighs) Yes. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) What is your favorite fan fiction? Yeah, I need to know that. That that would be telling. Oh, it's like oh, no. 50 Shades of Grey. <laughs> it can't be any worse than mine, which is Coronation Street fan fiction, oh where two Shut of up. the gay characters were vampire hunters. That is Best. amazing. So good. Why, why is it always vampires in fan fiction? <laughs> because there aren't enough vampires in fiction, okay? Yeah. We need more books hey, about vampires. Apparently they're coming back. Did, did you read that bookseller article? They're yes. coming back this year. I'm excited. That's, yeah. that's right. I'll just, I'll just start a new word document yeah. now, guys. Oh, okay. actually, vampire this is a good point. I was thinking on this. If anyone wants to send me a werewolf piece of fiction, because I feel like <sighs> we've we've just had a lot of vampires, right? But like, yeah. has there been a big YA book that centered like purely on werewolves? They're always secondary, aren't they? Yeah, the I feel like they Van always Helsing. come second to the vampires, yeah. and like, yeah. why? I just I think they need their time to shine. Yeah, it's creaturist. Not yeah. since Teen Not Wolf, okay. I guess. <laughs> yeah, Teen Wolf. That was amazing. <gasps> a book of Teen Wolf. Oh, yes, that. <laughs> I want to read it. <laughs> Well, we're about to get um, Blade, right? Blade's coming back to, to the big yes. screen in the MCU. Yes. So, vampires ahoy. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much, uh, Lucy. That's a great answer. And I wonder <laughs> if any of your interns uh, will listen to this and take what you've said on board. Yeah, when, when, I, do, when I do for the rest of the week, when I'm doing this, I'll be like, well. <laughs> well, I actually like fan fiction and the can't yeah. tell you which one. <laughs> Uh, and thanks, Melissa, for coming back on uh, and hanging out with us. And, and the two of you just kind of talking about how your relationship works and how uh, how you met and, and all of that jazz. It's been great. Yeah, I loved it. It's been so nice. 
it has. Yeah, yeah, this has been a lot less scary than I thought it would be. <laughs> yeah, we're not scary. Yeah, we try to make it as chilled as possible. Yeah. Um, and for everyone listening, uh, to keep up with everything that we're doing, you can follow Melissa on socials at Melliver. You can follow Lucy on socials at Lucy Irvine 93. Head over to the Peters Fraser Dunlop website, petersfraserdunlop.com. Uh, if you're looking to submit or you want to look up different agents from the agency uh, and to make sure you don't miss an episode of this podcast follow us on twitter at right and wrong uk and on instagram at right and wrong podcast thanks again to lucy and melissa and thanks to everybody listening we will see you on the next one 